For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We close in on the final week before the week of the 2023 NFL Draft. Welcome into another edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner. We've got some news that could impact not only the top five, but the first round in general of the 2023 NFL Draft. And then the AFC South win totals. We are getting back on the saddle, back on the horse, and getting to some more win totals. Jamie, you know the two stories that I want to focus on here and how they impact the NFL Draft at the start of the show. Show. So I will give it to you as a dealer's choice. You pick which direction we start the show in. Do we talk about Buda Baker and the Arizona Cardinals, or do we talk about Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings? Well, let, let's start with Buda Baker. So we'll, so we'll start with the er, that could relate to the earlier pick in the draft, and we'll go to a little bit to a later pick in the draft, Chris. So let's start with with Buda Baker, who scrubbed his social media of all references to the Cardinals late last week. Uh, there was there was a Michael Jordan, I believe, meme that got uh, a gift that got tweeted out. Uh, from his account and then following that there were reports from people in the Arizona market that there was some concern between him and the team and then it became very obvious uh, as we got into late Friday that he is requesting a trade from the Arizona Cardinals so Chris and had done so for a very long period of time like we only learned about the trade request like on Friday but it had been like put in for weeks that he had been uh, requesting to get out of there um, I have a lot of thoughts. Obviously, you know the Arizona Cardinals are somewhat near and dear to my heart as the team that I covered for a long time doing local radio. I still live in Arizona. I still hear a lot about this buzz. So other than the New York Jets, it's the team I th- I feel like I know the best. I know the most intimately um, in the league. And I-, I will tell you, Jamie, there's a lot of different layers to this, right? There's the team-building aspect of how can the Arizona Cardinals, with how bad their roster is, let the one fan favorite and guy who would make your team at least more popular and at least give you a a piece to build around defensively. He's probably the only guy on defense that you'll feel like you can really, truly build around right now. You got to get a deal done with him, but he doesn't want to be there. So you have the team-building fan aspect of it, and then you have the draft aspect of it. And some of you might be saying, well, Chris, they're not going to use the number three overall pick to replace Budabaker. But here's where I'm going with this. If Buda Baker is gone, I think that pushes the Cardinals even further into the camp of trade the pick, get more yep, assets. Yeah, We've got more things to address. Now we got to add more safeties to the list in addition to everything else that we have been discussing in the lead up. So yes, one player doesn't make that big of a difference, but if you aren't going to keep a guy like Buda Baker in the building, then guess what? It doesn't matter who you pick at number three. Will Anderson might be the best pass rusher in the league. It does not matter. You have way too many holes to address if you're going to let a guy like Buda Baker walk and he doesn't fit your vision for the short term. It, it also underscores how difficult it is to actually execute a rebuild properly and and how difficult it can be even beyond the 
you know, we could talk about mismanagement of contracts and all that other stuff. Getting all your good players to get near or at or around their peak at the same time in a rebuild is tough. And the Cardinals have don't have a lot of pieces, but they do have a few key pieces to their team, Buda Baker being one of them. But it looks like he's not going to be there much longer. It looks like DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be there much longer. Your starting quarterback has a torn ACL is getting booed out of the building uh, at Diamondbacks games. So, like... Things are, uh, aren't exactly all warm and fuzzy and rosy around the Arizona Cardinals right now. I got to ask you a question, Jamie. Buda Baker back on August of 2020, so now three, a little less than three years ago, will be three years this summer, signed a four-year, $59 million contract extension with the Arizona Cardinals. So it has played three years of that deal. There are only two years left on that deal. I will ask you, for a 27-year-old player, those first three years of the deal, has Buda Baker lived up to his cap number of 3.7, 7.7, and 14.7 over those three years? He has. The fact that the Cardinals won't make him the highest paid safety, and that's apparently the reason why he wants out. They won't give the contract. I got to be honest with you, Jamie. Who are they giving the contracts to? Kyler Murray got a big not. extension, and that's it. And that's, There's no other that's money. The problem. That's the problem here. Because and, here. And, and you got to go you, all the way up to, to the top of the food chain on that one, Chris. As you know. And here's here's the best part, right? You can renegotiate Buddha's deal, rip up 2023 and 2024 where he's supposed to be 16.8 and 17.9, and you can give him a ton of guaranteed money, but you could lower the cap burden just like you did with the deal that you signed two and a half years ago. So from a smart GMing perspective, you can get Buda Baker in on what? What would it be? A, a new five-year deal? Four five-year deal? You're paying I would, him to, I would assume so if you're ripping up. Yeah, you're ripping up. So you're ripping him up. You're giving him a brand new four or five-year deal. You're paying him until he's 31 or 32. Do we really think, does everybody here think Buda Baker's just going to fall off a cliff as a player? But by the, by the time he's 32? No, he's still going to be a good player. You might be overpaying a little bit, but we know how this works. The TV dollars come in. The salary cap continues to rise and positions continue to reset. So the deal you're going to give Buda Baker now is going to be probably like fifth or seventh highest by the time the deal is all said and done. Yep. It, this would be a disaster from a PR perspective to let this happen. You can't do it. You have to sign Buda Baker. And maybe now that this is public, that they'll have they'll be and look at it, it. Some of this does matter once it becomes public. Like, will it push them to come back to the negotiating table? Maybe. Hopefully, it does. I mean, there's a point where uh, either that or you, you're selling everybody, and then at that point, the question is, is why? And I understand you didn't anticipate last year going the way it did, but. The follow-up question to that would be, why did you sign Kyler to that huge deal then? Because that's going to be incongruent with how you're handling the rest of your roster. Yeah, and again, you know me. I, I've been pretty steadfast in the idea that the Cardinals, under no circumstance, would be interested in moving Kyler because of the dead cap ramifications of a move like that. Because everyone told me, oh, Chris, don't worry. If they're bad in 2023, it's all it's all part of the plan because they'll have the number one overall pick and they'll just take Caleb Williams. As if they don't have Kyler Murray's massive contract just sitting yeah. on their books that they can just ignore. I just I yeah. don't I don't see the way out. They're kind of committed to Kyler. So if you're gonna commit to Kyler, you gotta commit to the rest of the good pieces on the roster. Correct. You gotta commit to Buda Baker. Like you've gotta commit. And also, by the way, the last time the Cardinals did this, and it was okay, they messed up on Josh Rosen because they got the number one pick and they got Kyler Murray. How many playoff wins do they have since then, by the way? Hold on, hold on. 
Okay, can you do the math? Yeah, I'm, I'm flipping through my notes. Hold on, I have all the all the. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I know. You might, might need to take out the calculator app and. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm crutching the. That'd be zero, zero. Oh, that's right. That's zero. zero. So it didn't work out either. Yet. Yeah. In fact, in fact, the one playoff game they did play, they got embarrassed on national TV when nobody else was paying attention. What was that? That Monday night game, right? Yeah. The entire world was, was focusing the on them against the Rams. Yeah. Got blown yeah. out, embarrassed. The punctuation point to the destruction of what was an incredible start to that year for them. Well, they start like 8-0 yes. that season and then just completely yeah. were a train wreck the rest of the way. Yep. Now, again, so. new GM, not his fault. None of none of the things up until you. this point are Monty's fault. But Monty now has to understand if he chooses like, okay, this is – I can't fix this situation. I've got to trade Buda Baker. Well, okay, then you're in for a longer process than maybe you thought going in. And again, it's my point was more so uh, basing off the logic of, oh, if they're terrible, they can just draft May or Caleb Williams. Well, okay. And that happened before. And we can sit here another four or five years down the road with no playoff wins. Like, it, it's going to take more than just that. Hold on. Hold on. Let's play this out. They have the first overall pick next year. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about the 2024 NFL draft when we're in the week before the 2023 NFL draft. But we'll do it for just a second here on the show because this is fun. It's a great way to start the week. What would they do with Kyler Murray in in 2020 in the in the off season of 2024? What would they, they wouldn't cut him, right? They would trade him, right? No, no, I've got it. I'm already Wait heading up. to me. I've already got it up. I have the bit. I the bit is set up. We are playing this out. Okay. What are they going to okay. do? Are they going to okay. cut him? They're not going to cut him. Sure, Chris. What happens if they were to cut him? If they I, were I to cut him pre June one, eighty one point five million in dead cap in 2024. Oh, okay, so they're not going to do that. If they were going to cut, if they cut him post June one, forty eight point three million in dead money in 2024. If they were to trade him pre-June 1, $46.2 million in dead money in 2024. If they were to trade him post-June 1, $13.007. So he would have to be a post-June 1 trade for you to even potentially entertain the idea. Move on. And I, and I would assume there's some actual, there's a significant chunk of actual cash that still would need to be paid before June 1. Let me give you the, right, full, let me give you the full breakdown. I got the full breakdown yeah. here where it tells me what will happen. After 2024, I got to close out of an ad. Sorry, I got an ad to sign up. <laughs> so if they were to post, if they were to post June one trade him, right? Yeah. Thirteen million dollars in dead cap in 2024, thirty-three point two million dollars in dead cap in 2025. Now they save thirty-eight point eight against their 2024 cap, but they are going to they are going to keep a forty-six million dollar cap hit and spread it over two seasons. I'm sorry, until I see a football team actually do that and accept yeah. that pain because jamie give me an example of a team accepting that kind of pain at that kind of level the only thing that was remotely close was carson wentz that was the only thing that was remotely close that i can imagine in recent memory uh, this might be a hot take i would rather to keep kyler because kyler's a better quarterback than carson was correct and they also at that point they had you know they had some semblance of an idea that they liked Jalen Hurts a little bit. Not they didn't think Jalen Hurts necessarily was going to be what he was this past year, but um, but yeah, I mean, because Carson Wentz was a disaster. Like Kyler's not a disaster, you I know. Totally but, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I just I don't know. That's story number one for us here today on the show. Oh. Story number two Cardinals. that I think also impacts the NFL draft is the buzz that. I think we all had kind of heard, right? It had, it, it had yeah. been rumored that the Vikings could potentially do this, but I think you're starting to hear it ramp up a little bit more as we get closer to the draft, that there is a strong likelihood that it is a big-time possibility that the Vikings could choose to cut 
Dalvin Cook ahead of the 2023 NFL draft. I think it would save them about $10 million or so um, against the cap. Yeah. I'll pull up the contract to see what the exact I think it's numbers not, are. I think it's $9 million if it's a post-June post 1, if they designate it, which to, they can. To me, Jamie, the draft takeaway here is let's if they do do this, Let's add Minnesota to that short list of potential B. John Robinson uh, stopgap spots. Let's use this as potentially maybe they take Jameer Gibbs. Maybe they're that team that takes Jameer Gibbs if B. John's off the board early, how we get to two running backs in the first round. That's the angle I'm thinking of is here. Doesn't mean it's a likelihood, but you take a Dalvin Cook off the table, I can start to entertain sure. these possibilities a little bit more. I, I just can't quite figure out why Minnesota would do this now. Like, what do they need that $9 million in cap for? after june 1st that would be more valuable to their team than just keeping dalvin cook for another year yeah if, they, if he's a like, post, you know what i mean if, like yeah, if he's a post june 1 release uh they, they say yeah, 9 million against the, the cap and they have two dead yeah, cap but you, years. but you don't get the benefit of that 9 million until at, literally after june 1st mm-hmm. so i i mean the reality is is you typically want that cap space in march <laughs> so you can you know if you wanted to make more signings um, I guess there's some extensions that you could do, but if you do those extensions, the cap hits are going to be lower up front. Like even if you did a redid a big Justin Jefferson deal or something like that, or even though they said they're not going to, even did a Kirk Cousins deal. Like if you did multi-year deals, the cap hits, our immediate cap hits, aren't going to be that high. Like that's where I just I don't under necessarily understand what the motivation for Minnesota would be. I know we heard these rumors earlier. ESPN brought them back up again this last week. And it does become interesting, not just for Minnesota, because I still don't think they would take a running back in the first. It becomes interesting to have, if he's released, does he go to Dallas? Does it take Dallas out of the Bijan sweepstakes? Does he go to the Chargers? You know, do we have, uh, you know, do they say, oh, okay, we're, we, maybe we have an Austin Eckler potential replacement down the road? Uh, you know, I, I think it's more interesting for, does he go to Atlanta? You know, who Atlanta, by the way, very quietly has become the betting favorite to be the first uh, to be B. John Robinson's landing spot right now. Been trying to tell people in the, in the been, trying, been trying to tell people. So that is where it becomes more intriguing to me. And I, I think Minnesota would be very interested in, in a running back to pair with Madison. But I just don't think they're going to spend the first round pick on one. I just don't get why they would do this right now. Like and- I just I, I see the cap benefits. I just don't know what they're going to do with that cap benefit to make it worthwhile. Well, and I, you, me, while you were sitting through that whole thing, I looked at what it would take if they if they made him a post June one trade. Right? They would they would have the same. They would have the they would have three point one million in dead cap this year, three point one million in dead cap next year, but they gain an additional two million dollars in cap savings, gives them eleven million dollars. Again, it's post June one, so you don't have that money until that point. But I look at it, Jamie, and if you're a team that's trying to acquire Dalvin Cook, you're acquiring ten point four million this year. 11.9 next year, 13.9 in 2025, but you don't you can get out after 2024. So it's a 2-year yeah. $22 million contract. That's for Dalvin Cook, 28, 29 years old. I it's not it, it's not the Z contract. It's not unmovable. No. But also why why shouldn't Minnesota keep that? Like that, that that's the part I just I'm just not understanding in this equation. Like what what is prohibiting Minnesota from just can keeping we, Dalvin Cook? Can we do a Dalvin Cook for Austin Eckler swap? Can we do can we do that? That would be weird. We don't. We don't. We don't see those anymore. That was the. What was the receiver one? Uh, all those years. Oh, because we had two player for player like prominent swaps. We had what um, Santana Moss and Lavernius Coles. That's a. They that's a good one. That's other. a great one. Yes. And Champ Bailey and Clinton Portis. That's another good one. Yes. Uh, I know those are those are older names gone, now, like, but like, we typically we don't were see those. But like, yes. Yeah, we don't see those like one for one swaps like that. But wouldn't that help like, both teams? Our players. Yeah. I mean, that would help both teams. It would. I think Dalvin Cook would be a great fit 
in LA. And Austin Eckler, Austin a more, a more pass catching back for Kirk Cousins yeah. in that off. Like, I, yeah, they're going to need it for when they draft Will Levis. You just you won't give this up. You won't give that up because you now have a bet on it. Um, okay, so those are the two stories that we wanted to touch on because again, I, I think they do have actual ramifications to the NFL draft because. Dalvin Cook potentially becoming available or the Vikings potentially being interested in the running back market does have a ripple effect. It does. And yes. again, if the Cardinals are going to trade Buda Baker between now and next Thursday, I think that puts the all, the all system, all points bulletin out. The Cardinals are moving out of the number three spot. They just have to yeah. at that point and get whatever they can um, to, to make if they them. package him with a number three pick. Just big brain time. And the team says, OK, we'll take Buda and your third pick. Oh, what, what, how can we put potentially get it more? future first yeah. that's actually a pretty unique I didn't, I didn't think of that angle that's actually pretty unique just for a team that's going for it like that like i mean look quite fr- i mean right now kevin byard's having his issues in tennessee isn't he like that's a team that's been talking we about talked to, we talked about doing the, the raiders could use one we talked about yeah. jeffrey simmons going in a potential deal to arizona we're now going to do the reverse we're going to send buda baker to tennessee in a deal to potentially get more oh, draft yeah. picks well i mean, carl's going to pay kevin byard I mean, oh, you you want to do a player for player swap? Okay, yeah, I see what you're doing. Well, there. No, I, I'm just saying, like, or you know, look, the Raiders need could always use safety help. That's a team that's been talking about trading up. Minnesota, like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I I, I think it would take a lot to make a deal like that happen, but it does make it a little bit more interesting. It does. Uh, the AFC South win totals here on the show. We start with the fav- my favorite portion where Jamie tries to handicap himself and try to figure out where Vegas has all of these. We start with the Houston Texans, Jamie. Oh. Five. Five and a half for the Houston Texans. Five and a half for the Houston Texans. The Indianapolis Colts. Six. Six and a half. You gotta you gotta you gotta reevaluate yourself. You're off by about a half so far. It's I'm off by exactly a half. Yeah, it's the adjustment that you need to make. Uh, so whatever number you think, just add a half in whatever direction that you want. Uh Jacksonville. You're gonna fool me. One of these is gonna be whole numbers. Jacksonville. Okay, ten and a half. What was so your original guess was gonna be ten? Ten. Yeah, yeah. You, should, you should have gone the other way. Nine and a half for Jacksonville. Nine and a half. Uh, uh, Tennessee. Six and a half. Seven and a half. So Jacksonville at nine and a half. Tennessee at seven and a half. Indy at six and a half. Houston at five and a half. That is the the uh, what we are about to embark on as a show here. And we know the Jags are going to fly over, right, from what we discussed. Well, from what we've already looked at, yeah, because I think we kind of we did <laughs> this, week. right? We kind of did this. We kind of did that one. Let's just start with that one. Then, okay. We kind of semi-did this. Well, so let's just run, just run through Jacksonville. Well, thank quick. you for following the order of the show. We always do the team with the highest win total first anyway, so Jacksonville would go first. Here's their road schedule. At Pittsburgh, yeah. at Cleveland, at Houston, at the Saints, at the Bucks, at the Titans, at the Bills. A lot of I think we're missing there. one. Saints, Bucks, Titans, Bills. That's four. And then I, I, I didn't add the Colts. My apologies to the divisional ah, the games. Okay. I think six. Six is, is very reasonable. Right. So six at six on the road. And here's their home schedule. Houston, Indy, Tennessee. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Carolina. Kansas City, San Francisco. So those two are tough. But I, right, think, but I think six is possible there as well. Six and three. I really like Atlanta and Carolina. That would get them to eight. Yeah. Um, I like their ability to win at least two divisional games. That gets them to 10. And, you know, you, they could potentially get an upset against, like, Baltimore City. One of, one of Baltimore, Cincinnati, Kansas City, San Francisco gets you to 11. Yeah, I'm, I give them Baltimore and lose the rest of them. And, I, yeah, I still get I still right. get to 12. But I'm saying one of those so, four gets you to 11 yeah. with all the other math that we did. So I like this one as an over. Yeah, 
It's God, I can't believe we're going to go into the year of how much we like Jacksonville and Detroit. Yeah, like and everybody else. And they're going to. We're well, such clowns. Well, we were ahead on Detroit. Okay. Hashtag our Alliance. We were ahead on Detroit. I know. We were a but year like ahead. this year, it's like we're such clowns. The Tennessee Titans, seven and a half. <sighs> okay. And I'm going to assume that they draft the quarterback. So in, in some, in some okay, so in order to do this, you are going to assume they are drafting a quarterback. Yes. Okay. At Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, at Houston, at Indy, at Jacksonville, at New Orleans, at Tampa Bay, at Miami. Oof. Two, three. Yeah, two-ish. They can beat Houston. They could potentially beat Indy. They could beat Tampa. I don't think they beat Miami. I don't think they beat New Orleans. I don't think they beat Jacksonville. So yeah. two or three, I feel I feel comfortable with. Here's the home schedule. Houston, Indy, Jacksonville, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Carolina, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. Eh. Yeah, I mean, even at best... You're going to give them four? Yeah, that gives them six total. Out. Yeah, so... I don't see it. I, I don't. It's an under. I, it, I don't love it. It sucks because I know like last year, like we've this team tends to overperform the sum of its parts, like the sum of its parts are greater than the individuals, but and they're well coached, but that's a tough schedule. I don't know what it, even if they draft a quarterback, it's not it's might not be the quarterback that starts for them. She's like, what if they're in there on Anthony Richardson? Like right. he's not going to start from them from right away. Like I. And there's not a lot yeah, of games I, I think mean, they would be favored. Like, even the home games. Like, I don't, how many are they going to be favored in? Maybe, maybe a, half. Atlanta and Carolina. Indy and Houston. Maybe those, yeah. those ones. They're not going to be favored against Jacksonville, Baltimore, Cincinnati. And they're not going to be favored against the Chargers or the Seahawks. Yeah. So, five of their games. Like, almost half their games at home, they're not going to be favored? Yeah. It's not, it's not great. And, and, by the way, they, and they shouldn't be. Like, no, I don't think they so. Yeah, I think we're taking the under there. The Indianapolis Colts. Seven and a half seems like a lot for them. Like, I just, I don't think that, but. Indianapolis Colts. <sighs> Six and a half. I'm also assuming they take a quarterback. Okay. <laughs> at Cincinnati. At Atlanta. At Baltimore. At Carolina. At Houston. At Jacksonville. At Tennessee. At New England. Oof. Three, Still probably four. only two wins. Oh, I think you could squint and get to three, but I mean, you're going to play Carolina in Carolina. That's going to be a battle of teams with young quarterbacks. Yeah, but Carolina's going to have the better one, and Carolina's going to have the better coaching staff. Yeah. So isn't that funny? Well, that that was why I kind of made I kind of made a joke, right? <laughs> Carolina's going to have the better coaching staff. <laughs> They can win. Uh, They're not going to win at Baltimore. They're not going to win at Cincinnati. They could go in. Listen, listen. There was nobody that thought more of this team last year than me. I thought very highly of the Atlanta Falcons, and they 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 paid off. They won seven games when nobody thought they were going to win seven games. They're still not a very good team. They kind of smoked and mirrored their way, sure, to seven and better than, but they're better than Indianapolis. Are they with Desmond? Like Desmond might not be good. He might not be. He might not be. I still think they're a better team. Okay. That roster is way better than Indiana. That's a winnable game, though, if I'm going to point at one on the Sure, road. sure. It is a, it's one of those quote-unquote 50-50 games. I think they can beat Tennessee in Tennessee, and then I, I would have to squint to get a third one where like, they could beat Carolina, Damn, it's not, potentially. It's, it's not great. Their home schedule. Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee. 
Cleveland, okay. Pittsburgh, the Saints, the Bucks, and the Rams. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay. Texans, Jags, okay. Titans, Browns, Steelers, Saints, Bucks, and Rams. And the Raiders in there as well. They could beat the Raiders. Yeah, this is where they can make up a little ground. They can beat the Raiders. I think they could... Because if they could flirt with 500 at home, I really think they, they could. They could beat Tampa, they could beat the Raiders, and they could beat the Rams at home. They could beat all three yeah. of those teams. Because I don't know what to make of Matt Stafford right now. So until further notice, I'm skeptical. I agree. I, I think this is one of those stayaways for me. Because I, I'm teetering right now between six and seven. Obviously, and that's, the total is six and a half. That's and how they get you. The home schedule is favorable for them. I mean, relatively. Uh, I, I, they, they're they going to be fa- – unlike Tennessee, they'll be probably favored in more than half their home games. I agree with that. And they can win those games. And their division is – and here's here's the issue with, too, with taking the under on this low of a thing. When you're in division with these types of teams, like the, the risk that they could win all four against Houston and Tennessee scares me. I don't think they will. It's not statistically probable. But when you get to play two other bad teams in your division, that scares me. Because would we really be shocked if the Colts can win all those games? Would we be really shocked if Tennessee can win all those games? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's in, the, in their case against Houston and Indy. Like that's where it scares me about betting the under for either one of these. The Houston Texans. Are we going to do okay. this with under the assumption I'm not that assuming they don't take a quarterback? Take a quarterback. <laughs> right. Okay. We you want to do it both ways? Do you want to do it? I don't think. I honestly don't think it's gonna. Well, that's not true. I shouldn't say that. Shit. I, I okay. Yeah, it would matter. I think it would matter. A little it's bit. gonna matter with the win total. I just I don't think it's gonna matter enough for me to like want to take the over. Like, I it, am I gonna get to seven wins with no, a quarterback? You just, you just have to get the six. That's all you have to get. Yeah, but I'm still like, yeah. If, even if I get the six with a quarterback, I'm not gonna bet it. I think they're. Right, sure. I, I think we can convince ourselves here. I, I really do. Okay. Here, here's the road well, schedule. Well, let's do non QB. Non QB. And then we'll do we'll do road non QB road with QB. Okay. At Cincinnati, at no, Atlanta. I don't. That's a game where the quarterback, I think, is going to make a difference. It at could. Atlanta. At yeah. Baltimore, it doesn't matter where you play that game. Well, no, it matters if Lamar's playing. But well, okay. We're assuming Lamar is. At Carolina, quarterback's going to matter. Yeah. Okay. At Indy, quarterback's going to matter. At Jacksonville, at Tennessee, at the Jets. There's not many here. There's not. There's not a lot. I, I got him at two and six without the quarterback, and I'll give him three and five with okay. the quarterback. Here's the home schedule: Indy, okay. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Cleveland, okay. Pittsburgh, the Saints, the Bucks, the Broncos, the Cardinals. The quarterback might matter here. The quarterback might matter here. Yeah. I think I'm going to give them four and five without the QB. And I think that's still generous and probably five and four with one. So this is the difference between six and eight. I mean, maybe maybe we're overstating this roster a little bit because it doesn't Yeah, no, no. It's... Okay, sorry. Sorry. No, I, I wrote down the, the thing wrong. Sorry. I'm giving them three. Yeah, sorry. Hold on. Four and five with the quarterback, three and six without. So that gives me five wins without the quarterback. And seven wins with one, which is that—that's where I'm kind is, of coming in. Seven's t- seven's tough. Seven feels a l- because now again, I, I think seven. You could get there to me with a good quarterback selection at number two, a great, you know, twelve. Well, yeah, so like they've got a lot of picks. Thirty-three. 
Right. So, so we could very this, three this, starters. Right. This roster Hopefully. could look very different in two weeks. Correct. And again, they have the benefit of having two teams in a division that we expect at least three of these four teams to be under five hundred. So right. And and again, like if Indy if Indy's going to take a quarterback and maybe Tennessee takes a quarterback, when you got rookie quarterbacks going up against one another, who knows? Yep. Who, who knows? knows? The quarterback. And if you take quarterback, you're taking a better one. You would assume. You would assume because you're picking in front of all of them, right? Or if they, or if they, I still, there's still a little voice in the back of my head that says we can't rule out them getting antsy and making that trade with Carolina for one. You just won't let you won't let it go away. I know they 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 haven't done it so far, but we know from the mouth of GM Ryan Poles of the Bears that they tried to do that two for one swap already. That is a that is a stone cold fact that we know mm-hmm. they tried to do it once already. It's not speculation. Mm-hmm. The question at this point was, and I think two weeks ago, the Panthers would have been would have happily taken your two third round picks to move up to one. Will they do it now? Will how did that Bryce Young pro day that really switched the minds of a lot of people inside Carolina? switch their minds enough to be like, no, Bryce is our guy now. We're not trading out. Because we know if they trade to they trade back to two, Houston's coming up to take Bryce Young. It's the worst kept secret in sports in this draft. So I still wouldn't rule it out. I still think we have to, until Carolina submits that pick on draft night, I think we have to at least give it a 2%, 5% chance of happening. I'm... I'm I'm with you. I am also I, I don't want to immediately rule it out. I wouldn't give it more than more than double digit percentages that they do yeah. it. Um because honestly, like wouldn't you just do it already? Like wouldn't you just make the trade? Well and, and that thing is the question is going to be have the are they resigned to it now or do they get antsy as we get closer? Because technically again, deadline spur action. They do. Why 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 do trade deadline deals get done on deadline day and not two days in advance? Because teams I mean, are answered, for all, all right. of these different reasons, but and they got to weigh their other options, like how willing are teams to move up to two? You know, like are we actually better off trading all the way back? Are we better off we will it? Like they have a lot of options they have to weigh. We just know this was one that they've already talked about. Mm-hmm. So I just I do wonder, you know, uh, if at this point now that it's becoming more known, and obviously teams inside league circles know before we do about where picks are going to end up being made. I don't think this is a smokescreen by Carolina by any means. The question for Carolina would be is how much they love Anthony Richardson. And do they love him enough relative to Bryce Young to think they're comparable players? And they're okay with giving up on Bryce at number one. Correct. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors that come into play that have to all converge to make this happen. I just say I wouldn't rule it out. And by the way, it wasn't – it was kind of rumored out there that when they made the pick to number one, that there was a potential opportunity for them to trade out of the spot. They just wanted to get in front to be able to control the situation. I, I will tell you this, Chris, that I know from somebody inside the organization, the absolute intent when they made that trade was to then trade back again. That was their hope. So they were go. fine if they took the QB at one. They were because at that point, like I said, I've, I've, as I said on this thing, uh, as I said on the show before, uh, they felt that well, from what I had heard that the price to move up to three was very similar to the price to move up to one. And so, so get to one it, and control Let's the, just move up to one yeah. and control the de- destiny. And then when they did that, the idea was that we then have the opportunity to trade back if we need to. Now, that was before they the Bryce Young Pro. That was before all the pro days, technically. So, 
it was before the Bryce Young Pro Day where I thought where tides really turned in that building. So, but at that point, Houston already called up to try to go to one. So again, this this all happened in February, or excuse me, this happened in was it late February, early March? I guess it was the first week of March. I'm just running over combine week. So, <laughs> like that, it's it, so it gets it gets really interesting. It's really really interesting. I'm just saying it is possibility and we're gonna hear a lot here over the next you know week or two it's just the, the noise is gonna be um mm-hmm. all over the place and that's what we're gonna attempt to kind of parse through here on the show each and every day it's kind of why we have the show structured the way that we do because we can talk about those things at the front of the show and discuss whether or not we actually believe uh them to be real smokescreen how much stock we're putting into them the things that they impact and so uh we are looking forward to what the next week uh or two will give us here in terms of content uh the nfc south the topic of conversation on tomorrow's show so whatever news rumors happen over the next 24 hours we will have that we will have the nfc south um we will also get back into takes on takes on tomorrow's show so if you want to send those in um at chris schubert underscore on twitter uh, at jamie eisner on twitter or if you're a member of the tdm premium discord you can send those in uh, on the takes on takes channel and then at the end of the week we're going to talk about the first tight end off the board that is going to be the next position uh that we get to so that is what you can look forward to here this week on the show hope everybody has a great start to their week we will Talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.